Hello, and welcome back to All Rings Considered, a read through the Lord of the Rings. Here with you today, your host, Charlie and Pip, Pip and Charlie. We are today on book three, chapter seven, Helm's Deep. Um, it's actually a pretty short chapter. Uh, so for a synopsis, uh, Theoden's company is marching off to war, and they meet with a uh, another member of the Rohirrim, who is just in a battle, and says to them, uh, hello. Uh, and then uh, Gandalf gives Theoden the advice to go to Helm's Deep instead of marching off into open war with uh, Saruman's forces. So uh, Theoden's company goes to Helm's Deep, and there is a battle. And uh, at the end of the battle, the... Uh, the three, you know, great heroes, uh, Theoden, uh, Eomir, and uh, Aragorn, uh, ride out into uh, meet the orcs, where the trumpets sound, and the orcs are squished in between these trees that have just suddenly appeared at the end of the battlefield, and the uh, riding company, and then arriving over the hill is uh, Erkenbrand, who was in charge of Helm's Deep previously, uh, until he... Uh, I had to go for a bit. And yeah, and then the orcs are squished in between these three three uh, pincer forces. Mm -hmm. That's uh, about it. Yeah, like you said, it's a short chapter. I Well, is it short? It feels short when you read it, at least. Um, I didn't like, count pages. the pages to see if it was. Okay. Um, but I felt short reading it. It's, it's, a, it's pretty quick. I mean, pretty quick chapter for something that's a pretty dramatic big deal. I mean, you know, the... Rohirrim are kind of have put all their eggs into this basket here to survive, but um, they seem pretty confident throughout it. Well, Theoden doesn't. He has a bit of a downer spell at one point, but I don't know. You don't get really the sense here, uh, as you will in future chapters with few other battles of, you know, oh. Uh, the desperateness. Yeah, it's not super desperate. They, they, not because they don't know that... Not, there's uh, not along the line, but just that they feel pretty confident they got this because of the location of Helm's Deep, and, and they're right. Um, they have a bit of a setback in that um, while they're all holed up in this fortress in the deep itself, and in the, in the deep is some kind of sort of um, deep, narrow ravine, I guess, in a way, uh, in in the mountains, and they're holed up in this fortress, and, and they have a bit of a setback when uh, the orcs have some kind of fire that essentially blows up the wall is kind of the implication there must be some kind of explosive power to it and you know in middle earth they don't have dynamite so to them this is just magic but it's a good stand-in for saruman's mechanicalness and mechanical mind and sort of what he stands for um but it's really kind of their only setback and, and once even then it's pretty close to the dawn eventually they're able to come out of the actual fortress and fight and get into that pincer uh, that you were talking about and kind of crush the orcs from there um, it's kind of dramatic, a moody chapter. I don't mean to suggest there's no tension from the, the mood and stuff. Um, but uh, it's it's compared to what we'll see with, say, Pelennor Fields later, it's not quite as, like you said, desperate, I think. Right. And, and the chapter's kind of like cut into uh, with a little bit of, um, like uh, Gimli and Legolas have this count of, how many how many foes they have you know yet vanquished and that's you know uh you know counting to 20 isn't a very uh like desperate sort of mood right 
Right. Uh, well, I was going to say that thematically for this chapter, all I really had to talk about or mention was the uh, Saruman using some kind of explosive fire that to, that, that to these characters seems like magic. But I think the modern reader is supposed to take this as a sign of his industrialism. And that's what, what makes him evil. You know, the very act of using some kind of TNT dynamite-esque thing is is a is bad right just the very use of it its very existence mm-hmm. is bad um and that's about it i mean it, it, that's really the only thing that works do though that that that's a result of that but it, it just uh it, it shows what saruman's um what makes him evil right yeah yeah i actually had a note about the nature of evil here too um sort of what we were talking about before when we have uh, descriptions of good characters having descriptions like terrible or, you know, there's you know, a doom upon him or something uh, really frightening about good. Um, there's also this kind of mix in evil, um, you know, orcs are described as having claws, these, you know, horrible monsters with, you know, uh, just, you know, disgusting creatures. Um, but something about them uh, that shows up again and again is... Um, the way that they mock things. So this idea of somebody mocking or jeering is a trait mm-hmm. of evil in this book. Um, we see that works here. Aragorn comes up for, you know, a short, with like a parlay where he says he is uh, just looking out at the dawn, um, but he has this conversation with the Urukai and it's described twice that they are jeering at him. Yeah, and I think that's that's sort of a... A juxtaposition where you know there are these horrible monsters that are like roving through like people's or people used to live and setting everything on fire and you know murdering hundreds of people uh and here they're another element of their evilness is their uh tendency to mock things mm-hmm. yeah that's basically all I, so. <laughs> wow nice well we are just full of full of things today um, yeah, I mean, there's just not really much to say about this chapter. It's a necessary part of the story. They have to take care of Saruman's army and his orcs. But, you know, I mean, thematically, I don't know. It's okay sometimes for a book not to just always be trying to say something profound. And Yeah, you, know, you have a... just has some good plot here about how do we kill these orcs. Here we do. Here we go. Boom. At the very end, you have a nice um, little reference to Macbeth. Uh, where the forest... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the forest is the thing at the end that's... Uh, you know, encroaching upon these orcs. Yeah, it, it, that's definitely worth talking about. It's kind of a famous point. It, it is worth noting this is a direct result. The, these trees showing up were the Heworns, so they're not the Ents, but they're the Heworns, which are trees, more trees than Ents are, but they can move and they seem to have conscious feelings of some kind. Um, them showing up here at the end of the battle was apparently because Tolkien was always disappointed in Macbeth and disappointed how there was this prophecy that the, the woods would come to fight. And then it's just an actual human army who's sort of dressed up themselves with some branches and leaves. And he thought that was such a cop out and that was so silly. He wants to actually make what he imagined that would look like come true. So oh, he put in his own book. That's really cool. I did not know that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's explicitly a Macbeth reference it's tolkien resolving his lifelong that lifelong itch in his brain about how 
that that wasn't done right and i'm going to fix it so where where are we in this book what's happening in in the book is in the lord of the <laughs> actually you know what never mind pretend i didn't say that <laughs> no i'm keeping um, that in. we're on book three chapter wait which this is seven chapter seven yeah which means, by the way, and here we are stalling for time, killing time, but this does mean that we are really getting close to the end of book three. So we'll have eight, nine, ten after this. Yeah. Yeah, and Wait, then, uh, then we'll be past the halfway point. Actually, I, I do have something. Um, I have been, been thinking wait, about wait, wait, this. Wait. Pause. There are 11 chapters in book three. I'm sorry. So we actually have a good chunk to go. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. So, actually, I do have something. I have been waiting for a long time this afternoon thinking about this. Something is just a pet peeve of mine. Um, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit with the um, when we had that chapter where uh, Mary and Pippin were being carried off by the orcs, and there was this a little bit of like the orcs having more agency than just being, you know, uh, these demons or monsters that. Are, you know, right. Kind of, um, and I actually do find uh, some of the more po like popular culture stuff, like reactions to that, super annoying. Um, where you know there there are several like famous um, reversals. Like there is, um, I think there's a book Grindel. I think it's Tom Stoppard who who wrote Grindel, uh, or maybe it was Shipley. No, Grindel by um, was it Shipley or? Gardner. Gardner. Okay. Gardner. Uh, was it John Gardner? That sounds um, really familiar. Yeah. And so there's some reasonable times where you say, oh, okay, like I'm going to write something from the perspective of the, the bad guy and say like, oh, like what if it's really from their perspective? Um, but just that happens so often that I find it so yeah, just, just lazy and also oh, a little absolutely. offensive, you know, like it's kind of like sometimes it's used in this like, oh, what if the orcs were the good guys? I guess it's all, it's all relative, right guys? Like, uh right. like no it's not like these are just they're horrible monsters that kill things uh like it's a representation of evil um mm -hmm. i had to get that off yeah the chest. i well it's just it's it's kind of tiring at this point i guess i i you know i want to give john gardner credit he was one of the he, he wrote a really like grendel's a really good book and it's really interesting not really because of the reversal of uh, what if he was good or bad but just gardner had a really strong background in philosophy and he kind of wrote this existentialist novel that's just really interesting regardless i think of the fact that it was like an inverse right right but that yeah that, that technique is is kind of is, is it's kind of boring at this point and you know there's that famous one that some russian did of lord of the rings yeah you heard about this I, like I did, some, yeah the, the last ring bearer or something i've never read it in full defense maybe it's great but I doubt it because it podcast. just sounds like fan fiction. <laughs> well, so is, you know, uh, what just came out recently. Um, the uh, Baron and Luthien book that just came out. Uh, that's okay. What, like the one Christopher Tolkien cribbed together with? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, sure. So we could have a whole discussion on what those books <laughs> mean. I, I feel like there's a slight difference between Christopher Tolkien and random russian dude in terms of <laughs> i don't know fan picture or not it's just a small just a small difference but i do think it's there i respect that but yeah 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 
I mean, yeah, it is kind of a lazy, I think, uh, cliche to use. Oh, you know, what if actually the bad guys were the good guys all along? It's like, wow, you blew my mind. I was taking so much for granted. And now Mm -hmm. just, you know, some intellectual god stepped in and showed me things from a different perspective. Wow. Amazing. Um, And on that note... Charles, do you have a favorite we should, line from we should this chapter? Read, we should read the last ring bearer. We should and talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, I, I, rip, you know that's good it. practice. I should not should not speak critically of something I actually do not know about. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, well, I mean, you already have. You're talking about the Lord of the Rings, and it's clear you don't know too much about it. <laughs> so. That's true. <laughs> I didn't even know that uh, by the trees. So. Um, I, I just want to read The Last Ring Bearer and then I can say the same things about that book that people say about The Lord of the Rings. You know, the whole, the writing's absolutely atrocious and whatever. It's exercise and drudgery. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's get to favorite lines. Anything stink out for you in this chapter? Okay, not particularly. I have a favorite line just in the sense that technically there was a line I enjoyed the most. So in which case uh, that would be... Um, Theoden talking to Gandalf about, sorry, excuse me, Theoden talking to Aragorn about riding out and confronting the orcs. And he says, maybe we shall make such an end as will be worth a song if any be left to sing of us hereafter. Cool line. Just, I mean, it's not great. It's not fantastic. Not something I want to remember after I've read the book, but it's probably my favorite line in this chapter, just for that running theme of our sort of life in existence itself being like a song, a story. Hmm. Well, me personally, I do not have a favorite line of prose, but I do have an image that I really liked. Um, Tolkien's really good with atmosphere, obviously. Um, but right in the beginning where the um, Theoden's company is on the long march to war, um, he describes them. Actually, I forget if it was, a, I think it was evening, where uh, the, the sun is just setting and there is a, a glow uh, or a, a twinkle just on the tips of the spears. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought that, that was really nice. Yeah, cool. Um, All right. My rank, rating of the chapter title, 5 out of 10, really average. Nothing special here. And what's next? What's next for us in Middle-earth? All right, next to us is a really cool chapter, actually. Uh, the Voice of Saruman. Uh, so we're actually going to get to Isengard, confront Saruman, and which really, when you think about it, it's going to be nice because this is the first time Saruman will have appeared sort of directly in the book. We've only actually hmm. seen him through gandalf retelling recounting a story about him uh, back in the council of elrond so it's actually his first appearance within the main narrative so that's gonna be cool all right it's just a good chapter well then tune in hopefully more things to say than (laughs) today uh but yeah tune in then can you just put some sound in the background of this episode of some fighting some action oh yeah to make it really stand out yeah yeah Absolutely, to fill the silence. I will go back and I will fill every awkward silence with just fighting. <laughs> that actually would be great. Specifically <laughs> fighting, though. Specifically fighting. No, 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 not sword sounds. Uh, go to, like, a Rocky movie, like a, a boxing movie. A boxing match. A boxing match. Those sounds. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that's a good episode.